Let's listen to and for the word of the Lord as the readers come forward and I begin the reading with them. So if the readers will come forward to the microphone and the cantor. One day, one of so many days, Jesus was with his disciples and his disciples asked him the question, Lord, will you increase our faith? And Jesus replied to them, If you would have faith, as small as what? As small as what? You will ask to this tree to be taken out and go and plant itself in the ocean. And it will happen. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. That someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make a nest in its branches. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his glory he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. The word of the Lord. Thank you. I have been sharing uh, on the 17th of uh, May that I had the first opportunity this month after I got back from vacation. We shared the idea and the topic about faith. And there is a couple reasons why I am uh, addressing this issue of faith here in this congregation. However, before we got that, last week we compared and we discussed the idea of human faith versus God's kind of faith. And we found out that God's, first of all, that human faith is weak. Human faith is insufficient. And human faith is based on past experience, and that changes. It's not steady. However, we found out that God's kind of faith, the faith that God offers us, this kind of faith is reassuring because it is based on God's promises. And God is not a human being to lie or a human being to fail. So it is based on God's promises. It is assuring. It is vision giving and giving of hope. And it is empowering, thus changing things within our lives. I I, I like to say that um, when I travel, I'll do a little bit of that. When I travel, I I, I like to to know certain things of the destinations. Uh, uh, Martha and and, and David are going to to, to France. And they're going to Paris for the first time, so I got excited. 
And, and I began to tell him a whole bunch of stuff. I said, shut up. That was close to 20 years ago. That building's probably not there. <laughs> That's been fixed already. It's not there. But, but you know, I, I told him a little bit, you know, learn a little, a little bit of French because learning the language is very helpful. You don't have to be fluent in French. But if you try and you make an effort, they like that. They honor that. So you can get started and get, get tunkled up, you know, but they'll help you out. Another thing that when I travel, I like to know is I like to know about the food. So when I go to Mombasa, before I go to Mombasa, and I will be making sure that I know that they, that they make patacones over there, right? That's Colombian food, but you know, it's the same kind of thing. We, we, we know, okay? So, so, so food is very important. Another thing that is very important when I go on a trip is the currency. Boy, when I first went to Europe, it was a mess between the francs and the marks and the shillings, the marks from Dutch, the marks from France, the marks from, I mean, that there were francs in, Fran in France. There were marks where? In Luxembourg, Belgium, everywhere else there were, yeah, uh, Germany, marks. There were shillings were the one in Austria. I still have shillings from Austria. Today's the euro. It's easier, more expensive though, you see? But currency is very important when I go on a destination. It facilitates the exchange of things, right? And when you approach a border town like, like Salzburg, Austria, how many of you have been in Salzburg? You've been there. You can see the prices are given in three different currencies. Back then, they gave you the U.S. dollar. They gave you the shilling of Austria. And they gave you the German mark equivalency. So you chose which price you paid, according to the currency you used. So faith is like a currency. Faith is almost like the food. And faith is almost like the language of the kingdom of God. You see, faith is the assurance of things that are going to happen, not wishful thinking. You get that? Not I hope so, but when is it? Okay. Not I hope it will happen. No, but when is it going to become real? Because it is the assurance of things hoped for. Next thing on to this. The conviction, another word says, the evidence of things not seen. How many of you believe in something that you don't see? Well, uh, those of you who didn't raise your hands, do, do, do you believe in electricity? Touch it and tell me about it later. Don't see it, but it's there. I know it's on because I see little lights that tell me that that thing is on. But I don't see the juice going through it. But it's there. It's for real. It's like faith, but it's not faith. Now, faith is not only hoping, it's, you know, faith is not hoping God is, can do it. Hope is knowing that God will do it. And that's the way it has to be when we decide to join the kingdom of God. When God invites us to being the kingdom of God. The problem is that when Jesus was talking about the kingdom, very few people listened to Jesus about the kingdom. However, it was one of the topics that he spoke most about. Today, in many of our churches and congregations, the kingdom of God is an ideal, is a concept far off in the future. It 
can even be misunderstood as the place that we're going to go when we die. That's paradise. So the kingdom of God has been relegated to a symbolic place to come to, a place by chance that sometimes we stumble into when God favors us, or the place that we go when we go to them. Let me tell you why I'm teaching this, and I will, I will continue to teach this in the next few years here at, <laughs> at Light of Hope Presbyterian Church. I do know that some here in this congregation, because I go to some of your houses, and the language that we share and the conversations that we share, as a pastor, I can more or less measure your level of faith. Am I not supposed to do that as your pastor? To be able to encourage you in greater faith? So I have to make an assessment. And I have found out that this congregation is split up mainly between two large groups. One group that has a very deep, serious faith about Jesus Christ. That has a knowledge, not only knowledge, but the experience of living with, walking with, and experiencing Jesus in their daily lives. And another group who has taken Christianity as a matter of things to do. The one has a faith in the Lord of the institution. The other has faith in the institution. One is compared as human faith, I would say. The other one is compared the faith of God. Not that we have attained it, but that we struggle to continue to grow in that faith. I know that because... When I visit and other elders visit, and the elders tell me, <laughs> that when in the conversation we're talking about issues of faith, issues of mortality, where am I going to go when I die, when I kick the bucket, which by the way, I thought somebody's toe was hurt when I first heard that. We hear the phrase, well, I hope so. Well, I don't know. Well, I go to church all the time as reasons, almost as if God had to then give you entrance because you do that. That's religiosity. Where do you find yourself here this morning? Where do you find in relation to the kingdom of God? Because one thing is to be saved and have that fire insurance but another thing is to grow and mature in the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God is not a, a symbolic place that Jesus is talking about. Actually, Jesus spoke and compared the kingdom of God in more than 30 different parables. He said things like, the kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God has come. What does that mean? What does that mean for my daily life? What does that mean when I don't have a job and I have to look for one? What does that mean? That means that God, that the kingdom of God, is there for us to move and live in the kingdom of God as believers. <coughs> Excuse me. This is very strange. Because this has to do with your spiritual walk with your spiritual life, not much with reason. Because obviously faith, the, God, the faith that God shares with us, is not a reasonable faith. 
How come we are believing things that are not seen yet? Because we believe God. God has promised. So because God promised, I believe. That's the example that is given to us from Abraham. Abraham believed God. Notice I didn't say Abraham believed in God. Abraham believed God. And if Jesus says the kingdom of God is amongst us, then there must be such a place, there must be such a realm, there must be such a situation, such a sphere, a realm in this existence that we can step out from the cursed world in which we live and we can live in a realm of God, in the realm of the Spirit. Paul would call it walking in the Spirit and walking by faith. What does that mean? How does that look like? It was important enough for Jesus. He conveyed it to the disciples. And, And Paul, in the letter of Romans, says the following. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. The kingdom of God is not about money or poverty. The kingdom of God is not about steak or spaghetti. The kingdom of God is not about my house or my hut. The kingdom of God is not about the things that are physical. Notice what he says. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, self-satisfying perhaps. But it is a matter, listen to this, of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What is that? Obviously, the kingdom of God is not the rational realm in which it includes it, but it's not limited to our rational experience. It's not limited to our bank account. It is not limited to the present cough or this comfort that I may have, it goes beyond that because the kingdom of God is God's involvement in our lives 7, 36, 24 hours a day. 365, 24 hours a day. I told you when I travel, I I like to get certain things straight. I like to get my food, my language, and the currency. And when I move in the kingdom of God... I find out that the food of the kingdom of God, the way in which we are nurtured, the way in which we grow, the way in which we mature in the kingdom of God, our food is faith. Yeah. We are nurtured by the word of God. Man does not satisfy by what he eats, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, so food is, uh, faith is the food that we find in the kingdom of God. Uh, Listen to to one of the parables that the readers gave us. It said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, a mustard seed. Uh, have you seen mustard seeds? I've passed out mustard seeds here before. If, if you have never seen a mustard seed, I have them in the office. Okay? 
They're very teeny tiny, itsy bitsy little things. Okay? And Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. He didn't say the kingdom of God is paradise. It's where the lamb is going to lie with the lion. The kingdom of God is where justice and peace is going to reign forever. Where no injustice will be, where people will not oppress over people. He didn't say that. Actually, in Matthew chapter 13, where this parable is out of, in chapter 12, Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees about paradise and the kingdom after that time. That, that, that stuff. And then Jesus radically turns it around and says, the kingdom of God is not that old good old paradise, abundance and riches and wealth, and seven benses and eight Bentleys. The kingdom of God is like a seed. Something so mundane, something so utilitarian for the people that he's speaking with because that was how they dealt with food. Something so simple, the kingdom of God is like a seed of mustard. But Jesus doesn't stay there. He realizes that, that, that the kingdom of God takes the ordinary and transforms it into extraordinary. Takes that awful situation in life and later on you realize how good it was for now. Not then, of course. You see? From the mundane, the ordinary, to the over or to the extraordinary. That's the kingdom of God. But it can become extraordinary if we do the following. It says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that someone sowed in the field. And that's the key. Oh, I can give you that seed and you can keep it in your pocket. And guess what? It ain't going to grow. You're not going to grow. Sermons are going to go over your head because you ain't getting them. Because you're not growing. You're not nurturing yourself with the food of the kingdom, which is faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God says in Romans also. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. So faith comes by eating the word of God. Now, don't crap the pages and put them in a salad, please. That's not what I mean. You know better than that. I'm just kidding. But as simple as a mustard seed that can be sown, and look at what happens at the mustard seed. It doesn't stay little. It grows. It grows. The, the, the text says that it grows to become the largest bush in the whole garden. And then it does something else. It becomes a home for others. It becomes a ministry for others. But it began with that insignificant, that ordinary Mustard seed. Faith is the food of the kingdom of God. Secondly, I find that, 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 that mm, faith is the currency of the kingdom. Oh. I had an issue with that because it deals with money. You know, and faith is the currency of the kingdom. How do I exchange things? Well, first of all, our salvation is by what? By what? By grace through? And this faith is a what? It's a gift from God. Exactly. It's a gift from God. And what do we do with that gift? We sit on it. We begin to grow in it. 
The scripture also says that those who, who love God must have faith. Now, if, remember all the healings that took place? Many of them, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. Because he began to see people believing, this is the key, what God says. Seek and ye shall get lost. Is that what it says? Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it will be. So by knocking, you're exercising faith. You're exchanging faith for a favor from God. Salvation is free, but maturity, you got to work at it. Oh, yeah. Salvation is free, but maturity in Christianity, Christian growth, you got to work at it and have an effort towards it. It doesn't happen by osmosis like I hoped my degree would happen. At one time, wishful thinking, I, I actually did this. I put books on top of my head overnight to see if the information would... I know it wasn't, but I was hoping that some miracle would happen, and it did not. I did that. Osmosis, learning by osmosis. I heard about it, so let me try it. <laughs> it's, that's not the way. <laughs> that's not the methodology. But you see, when Jesus says, uh, ask, and it shall be, why will it be given? Because you're asking with faith, with an expectation that what's going to happen? You will be given. So if we're going to please God, what do we need to do? We need to have. So there's the exchange, you see. It is an exchange. It is a currency. It moves us beyond our fire insurance guarantee. It moves us to the abundance life. It moves us to walking in faith and walking in the spirit. And lastly, faith is not only the, the, the food of the kingdom. Faith is not only the currency of the kingdom that makes Things happen because faith moves the hand of God on your favor, believe it or not. How many of you have cried out of desperation? And the Lord heard you, just like in the Psalms. That's why we know it works because it has worked for others in the past and God's not a man to lie or a human being to forget about God's promises. Not only is faith also the currency of the kingdom, but faith is the language of the kingdom. The language of the kingdom is a language of faith, a language to see things not as they are. So I can't look at you as ugly as you are right now. I have to look at you as beautiful as Jesus sees you. Okay. So faith is the language of the kingdom. If I am in the kingdom, I'm not going to say, you're so stupid. I'm going to say, let's talk about this and how can we do this better next time. Faith, if you're walking in faith, you're not, going to, you're, you're not going to discourage, but you're going to encourage. You're not going to put down, but you're going to lift up. You're not going to criticize, but you're going to love. Faith is the language of the kingdom. So next time you hear somebody gossiping about you, uh, they usually gossip about me. Discourage them and encourage them to speak positive things. Speak life. Speak faith. Speak health. Speak prosperity. Speak hope. Speak life. Speak best practices. Speak again what's best. And not destroy. Not put down. Not reject. You see, faith grows in us. 
Human faith does not grow. God's kind of faith can grow in us, but it will only grow if you nurture it. If you eat the right food, you'll grow healthy. If you speak the right words, it may be better. And if, guys, if you have the right currency, it's going to be a lot easier to move, to navigate, to claim, live in the kingdom of God. It is possible. It is doable. So let's get up and sing that song which our cantor was leading us into as she teased us during the reading of Scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God.